Welcome to your friendly neighborhood film cast, a movie podcast where we spread the good word about movies. I am your host, Jack, and with me today is returning guest, Audrey. Hi, Jack. How are you? I am doing okay for a Monday. How are you doing? Not too bad for a Monday. About the same. That's good. Today, we are going to be discussing a movie that some might not say is perfect. The movie is Yesterday from 2019, directed by Danny Boyle, and I would like to note, written by the Richard Curtis, and it is described as... Jack Malik is a struggling singer-songwriter in an English seaside town whose dreams of fame are rapidly fading, despite the fierce devotion and support of his childhood best friend, Ellie. After a freak bus accident during a mysterious global blackout, Jack wakes up to discover that the Beatles have never existed. Performing songs by the greatest band in history to a world that has never heard them, Jack becomes an overnight sensation with a little help from his agent. So, Audrey, I'm curious what your background is with this movie and what are your overall general thoughts on it? Um, So I'll keep it spoiler free for the first part of the podcast like we always do. Um, Mm -hmm. So my background on this movie was that I had seen one partial trailer for it and the poster and on a whim decided to go see it with my husband and my sister and I cry frequently at fictional media but this movie made me weep like a baby and I'm not like I never was a huge Beatles fan like neither of my parents were really into them so I wasn't really exposed to them growing up and like their music didn't start being available on streaming services until I was in college and so like Mm -hmm. I didn't have a whole lot of background with them so like as an emotional resonance with like the media that this movie was about it wasn't there for me and yet it somehow just like hit me right in the heart and there was a moment in the film where I like started crying and then I did not stop crying for the rest of the film so (laughs) it was um it was really I enjoyed it a lot um I had a really emotional reaction to it and went in basically completely blind with like no real knowing of what it was about other than hey he wakes up and he's the only one who knows about the Beatles like that was the whole thing that I knew so Uh, In general, I really liked it. I think it suffered from some pacing issues, but I find that to be the case with a lot of Danny Boyle movies, to be honest. He likes to meander a little bit. But in the case of this one, I feel like I was so emotionally invested that every time I started to feel like, well, this is kind of dragging, it like snapped to the next story beat and sucked me right back in. And I was totally okay with it. I'm also um, a musically inclined person myself, and so is my husband. And so for us, some of the enjoyment of the movie was just how self-indulgent it was, like playing some of the Beatles songs and having, um, uh, oh man, I'm going to forget the lead actor's mm-hmm. name because I literally looked it up right before we started. You know, he had a great voice and was very talented. And so like hearing all the covers and I'm a sucker for Lily James. I love her. I love her voice. So yeah, overall, I really enjoyed it despite like some of its technical issues and, and like knowing how I would have done it differently as like a filmmaker I came out of it going wow that was amazing good I'm glad to hear that how about you what were your thoughts okay so for me I didn't really grow up with a lot of Beatles music either I think that my mom was fairly fond of them but 
besides Hey Jude, I didn't really hear much of their songs in our house. My mom's name was Judy, so Hey Jude was the only (laughs) song that I knew by the Beatles growing up. Yeah, that's perfect. But yeah, I think it was in, towards the end of high school, I got really into Across the Universe, which is another movie that I want to cover at some point, and so I kind of discovered, not really discovered, but discovered a lot of the Beatles discography through Across the Universe, and that's what made me kind of venture into becoming more of a fan of their music. And so when this movie came out, I thought that the premise was very intriguing. I also went into it fairly blindly. Like, I don't even think I had seen a full trailer, just maybe those little 10-second clips that they show on TV commercials and Right, right. Yeah. So I I thought it sounded interesting. And then I heard the reviews come back, which not that you can really uh, put much faith into reviews one way or the other, but I heard that it had an intriguing premise that it didn't really uh, fulfill as much as people were hoping for. But I was still intrigued enough that when it was um, starting to be shown on HBO and it was right around the time that everyone was staying at home because of the current situation we're all dealing with that I won't get into much. I had a lot of more time on my hands to catch up on media that I had missed out on, so that was <laughs> one of the first movies that I watched, and I found it very charming. I found it very funny at times. There were a few jokes that didn't quite land with me, but we can get more into that as uh, we go into spoilers. I'm not quite a fan of where some of the plot goes, but I did find other aspects very subversive. So I didn't like where part of it went, but I also liked where part of it went. And uh, I think... Right. I felt like it didn't neatly fit into like a genre box, really. Yeah. And that was part of the reason that maybe it it didn't do so well in terms of like critical reviews, because part of it is like, with this being like an alternate reality but in such a minor way it's like do you classify that as science fiction or Mm -hmm. speculative or fantasy or like are we classifying this as like a musical are we classifying this as like a alternate biopic like or what are we you know where does it fit and that was kind of the thing and so like some of the jokes not landing for me was because I felt like a lot of the movie was played as a drama but then there were sections that where there was just like so much levity and I was like I don't know if this is working yeah and I will say that Richard Curtis as a screenwriter, I either love or hate Mm -hmm. most of his stuff. Like, I haven't seen some of his earlier works, such as Four Weddings and a Funeral and Notting Hill, which I I feel like I should watch Notting Hill. I think I would like that one. I do enjoy Notting Hill. I think you would like it. Good. I'm glad that you like it. I feel like we have similar (laughs) enough tastes that if you like it, I will probably like it. So that's good to know. We generally do, so. Yeah. But uh, Love Actually, I it's one of the few movies that I actively dislike. Understandable. <laughs> it's a very divisive movie. I'm like, if I don't think too hard about it, I really love it. It's a great Christmas movie. But if I think about it even a little bit, I'm like, hmm, that's really gross. <laughs> you know? I, I totally get that. And I think if maybe I had been the exact right age for it, or if maybe I would have seen it at the exact moment in my life where I needed to see it maybe I would feel differently but it just never sat with me well but his later works such as About Time 
and the episode of Doctor Who that he wrote, Vincent and the Doctor, they're some of the most Mm. beautifully written, just very gentle pieces about humanity and uh, really I'm just speechless when it comes to some of those works that he's written so uh i think the thing is for me is like even in some of his works like love actually for instance like the reasons there's a lot of things that i'm critical about in that movie but it's not his writing that is making me critical of it right like he's just portraying different connections and relationships and the types of people that we might be at different points in our lives and some of that's just not fun to look at and not fun to watch and acknowledge and that's part of the problem but like he's so deep in it I feel like when he's writing about like Mm -hmm. human connection that that's what really draws me to his stuff that's very true and I am glad that you brought that up because yeah that probably isn't so much him as it is just I think the culture hyping it up that's kind of turned me off of it maybe (laughs) And it's just the reading into the wrong parts of it and, and, mm-hmm. and the way everything comes together. Because in Love, actually, you know, not to throw spoilers out there, but the big scene where he's holding the signs and confessing his love for his best friend's wife, uh-huh. like <laughs> that whole thing is played as romantic. And it's not. It is very creepy. And so <laughs> it's just one of those things where like my reaction to that has always been, wow, this is creepy, mm-hmm. you know? And I never read that as romantic, but the way that it is portrayed in the film, just the combination of everything, the way it was directed, the way it was acted, the music, like all of it comes together in a way that says, this is supposed to seem kind of bittersweet romantic. And I'm like, it's not, it's just weird. It's just weird. And like, good for him for moving on with his life, but oh my God, leave her alone. Like, yeah. And so a lot of it is, is in your audience interpretation and it's, so easy especially when we talk about romance right and the way that that's like hyped up in culture Mm -hmm. that it's easy to look at something that is inherently not healthy and go oh you know Mm -hmm. because like there's a lot of that in romance movies yeah just look at the twilight movies we don't even have to get into those and the books i (laughs) the books are what spawned the movies but yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely but uh yeah for this movie I thought that the performances were very charming um I hope I'm pronouncing his name right Himesh Patel the lead actor yeah thank you I couldn't remember his name but yes I knew it was Patel but I couldn't remember his first name but yeah Himesh Patel he was amazing and I was just like I've never seen you before like where did you come from your voice is amazing (laughs) like yeah crap he was fantastic and I will say that I think Danny Boyle's direction in this really makes it stand out as well. I think that, which I wouldn't say this is much of a spoiler, just the way that he directed the blackout scene. It was really good. Really stuck out to me. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that's a spoiler because it's like the inciting event of the movie. So. Yeah. It's kind of like the premise of it. Exactly. So if you know anything about this movie, you will know that. So, is there anything else you want to discuss in overall thoughts before we get to spoilers? Is it a spoiler to say the celebrity musician who both executive produced and is in this movie? Because that is one thing like that I have to say, it took me a second to suspend my disbelief about him. I think it's fair to talk about that. 
So Ed Sheeran was one of the executive yes. producers, and he has a fairly large role in this movie. Um, like he's a supporting character, but it's a fairly large role, especially in later acts of the movie. Um, but it definitely like didn't feel super organic at the beginning when he showed up, no. and I was just like. Okay, Audrey, just get past it. Like, this is an alternate reality of now, and Ed Sheeran is a musician in England. Like, it, he's there, okay? He's in the music scene there. It's fine. And, like, once I got past that, it was fine, but it definitely was just me being like, oh, oh, Ed Sheeran did a self-insert alternate version of himself in this movie. Yeah. It might have sat well with me a little bit more if he didn't seem so obviously a musician who is not an actor. Oh, yeah. He's not an actor. I was like, you seem like no. a good dude, man. But like. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> not an actor. And so I'm like, even for like playing himself, like it's hard to do that. And there's an amount of like artifice to it and mm-hmm. stuff. And and Ed Sheeran, like I said, seems like a great guy. But there were just some line deliveries and stuff where I was like, it's OK, buddy. It's OK. Like I felt the exact same way. <laughs> yeah. Like maybe if. Lady Gaga would have played herself like she would have knocked it out of the park. Oh, sure. Sure. (laughs) But yeah, so uh, should we get into spoilers? Let's do it. Okay. So where do you want to begin with the spoiler filled discussion? Oh my gosh, I don't even know where to start. I can tell you the first part point of the movie where I cried. Yes, Uh, please do tell me that. Right after the blackout. So first of all, he his two front teeth are knocked out when he gets hit by the bus, which was super gross to mm-hmm. me. Teeth stuff really bothers me. And so I had a very hard time with that at first. Um, I was like not expecting it. Um, but so after that, Ellie picks him up and they go to hang out with their friends. And, you know, he's all discouraged and stuff and had just had his whole like, I'm never going to make it because I haven't made it by now in the music scene. And he plays Yesterday by the Beatles for his friends. And they, of course, don't know that it's by the Beatles. But, like, during his playing of that song, I literally got goosebumps and just started, like, weeping. And I don't know why. Like, that song is obviously very beautiful. And it has, like, a lot of emotional resonance in terms of the lyrics and stuff. But it had never Mm -hmm. been a particularly emotional song for me. But in that scene, I just was, like... I lost it. And I was just so surprised and, like, blown away. And, like... You know, and, like, we'd already heard him sing, but it was just different hearing him sing in that. And then, like, Lily James, Ellie, her she her reaction, like, she's crying. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Is this what this movie's going to be like? And then it was mostly like that for the most of the rest of the movie. Um, but it also was, like, kind of an anxiety-inducing scene because it definitely feels like he thinks he's being gaslit by his friends, right? Like, that they're just fucking with him. And they're like, you know, no, we don't know who the Beatles are. Like, dude, you just wrote that. That's amazing. Like, and so that's a wild and, like, very anxiety-inducing for me. Um, Because at that point, I was like, I don't Mm -hmm. know if, like, are they messing with him? Like, does he have head trauma? I know that this was advertised as the premise of the movie, but maybe it's not. Like... Like, maybe it would be some kind of Bowfinger plot where he thinks that nobody knows that the right. Beatles exist, but they do. And they're all just humoring him somehow. Like, yeah. 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 Th- that would be an interesting twist. I'm-, I'm glad it didn't go down that route, though. But yeah, that scene gave me goosebumps as well. Like, and I never had any emotional attachment to that song either, but that was just like it 
very striking and really made me hear that song in a way that I've never felt before. Yeah, and I don't know, like, I like the cover, the cover that he did, right? Like, mm-hmm. I listen to that rather than the original version of Yesterday anymore, because I just, oh, it was just a lot. It was a lot. I mean, he goes from there, right? And and eventually, he's he's not really having success, even though he's, like, trying to remember every Beatles song, and he's writing down all the lyrics he can remember and stuff, and... I don't actually remember how Gavin shows up, but Gavin shows up and he's this music producer. And so he and Ellie go to Gavin's studio and they record all his songs. And it was that was a really fun montage that felt kind of like it was signature Danny Boyle to me. I feel like he does montages super well. Yeah, I think that the placement of Beatles songs in this movie was very well done. Like, I think that they chose the best song for every moment in this movie. I think so too. And they used like in the score, they used some of like the note progressions and sequences from Beatles songs, even in scenes like where those songs weren't played, they used them as Mm -hmm. part of the score. And that just kept it like thematically and tonally unified, I feel like. So the through line of the whole movie is just really good in terms of the music and the sound. Yeah, absolutely. I think an interesting aspect of this movie that I certainly wasn't expecting Maybe this was another part that made you tear up because I was certainly taken aback by it when we learned that in this alternate world that John Lennon is still alive. That was the moment of the film where I started crying and I did not stop until the end of the movie. Because he's just like this old fisherman and like he has a wife and kids and and when Jack is like, well, would you have ever wanted it to go differently? And he's like, no. I'm so happy. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, uh, And it was like foreshadowing for the end of the movie, right? Because Jack chooses to abandon the fame and go be with Ellie. And like, that's enough for him. You know, he's a teacher and he has his wife and his kids. And like, oh, man, I'm getting goosebumps talking about this again. (laughs) I am, too. This is good. I'm glad that we're having this talk. Yes. Another plot element that I... Wasn't sure where it was going to go, but I'm glad about where it ended up was these audience members that look very suspicious and you know that they know something, but you don't know how it's going to pan out. It's like at one of the shows, someone's holding up like a toy yellow submarine or something. And uh, oh gosh, I forget the, I don't know if they're ever named, but there's a man and a woman and when you first see the man and he's just like loitering around this concert hall and he's a big dude like threatening they picked a super threatening guy yeah i was so worried about where that was going to end up and then finally when they cross paths with jack i'm like oh no here it comes there's going to be some sort of reckoning and then they just say we're just happy to hear their songs again and it's really very subversive in a positive way i didn't expect it to end up being so uh i don't know just wasn't a big deal it was so poignant and like for me that scene was like the thesis of the film even more than the scene with john lennon and the whole you know i'm happy with Mm -hmm. my simple life kind of thing i think that the scene with those other two people who remember the beatles That's the thesis because the point is they're just happy that art is being shared. Like art is meant to be shared and meant to be remembered. And so then you hit like the climax of the movie and he's at his big concert and he confesses his love for Ellie. And he also uh, gets his roadie, his tech guy, 
to literally upload his entire discography to the internet for free and just says here these weren't written by me they're for everyone here you go and so for me that I don't know that was part of the reason I think that I really enjoyed this film so much because what it had to say like it's twofold message of like there's nothing wrong with a simple life like you can be happy with a simple life and that Mm -hmm. like fame you know isn't everything but more than that it's it's the whole if art has any importance it's in the interpretation and it can only be interpreted if it's shared and that's like I don't know. That's just a really big thing for me. I really loved that as like a thesis statement and as Jack was kind of like your audience proxy because he also was just like, oh, no, here it comes kind of thing. And then they were just like, thank you. Thank you. And Mm -hmm. that is what it feels like to be an artist. Right. Or to be a performer is to have like it's so anxiety inducing to hear what people have to say. But a lot of the time the feedback is like, thank you for sharing this. So that just really hit home for me. Yeah, there is a lot of very moving stuff in this, and I really wish that more people would give it a chance. I I will say, though, that I would have liked to see Kate McKinnon do more. Yeah, she was in this movie, and she was amazing, as always, but I just, she was so few there. I'm like, I feel like you could have just subsumed everything that Ed Sheeran did into her character, and it would have been perfect. Yes. Absolutely. And I kind of would have liked to see what they could do with a fictitious celebrity. I know that they wanted to keep this grounded in some type of reality, but it would have been nice to just see what they could have done with her character as maybe this fictitious pop star. I feel like you could have gotten to the exact same place that you did with her instead of Ed Sheeran. I think I think so. And I think that it would have felt less maybe less sidetracky because the the movie did feel like it was broken into these really distinct blocks right like so it's before the blackout and then between the blackout and Gavin and then Gavin until Ed Sheeran and then Ed Sheeran till the producer and then the producer till the height of his fame and then the end and Mm -hmm. like it just was like very clean cuts between and it was all based on like which supporting character he was interacting with at the time because the only constant was Ellie and then his roadie and so it's just like Mm -hmm. everyone else is like in there intermittently but like when they're prominent it's like they're part of the film so I just feel like it could have maybe been mixed in a little bit better in terms of the pacing but like we've said that a few times yeah absolutely something that I completely understand why they only used it as much as they needed to but I would have liked to see a little more elaboration on this is the other wacky stuff that disappeared from this world like cigarettes don't appear coca cigarettes don't exist i don't know why i said appear yeah and coca-cola cigarettes was the big one because i was like that's not even a specific brand like that's just a whole thing that doesn't exist but like coke and then at the end of the movie it's like harry potter and Mm -hmm. i love that i loved it his whole like google searching which was like another kind of montage towards the beginning was very fun it was a lot of fun and it would be when you would least expect it to like it it was nicely peppered throughout the entire movie (laughs) that was the humor that did work for me in this movie I think that along with a lot of like Kate McKinnon just being an inherently funny person and like a very Mm -hmm. physical actor her stuff all landed for me as well yeah that stuff landed for me too and um the scene it might have been let it be I forget which song that Jack is singing but he's sitting down at the piano trying to perform for his parents and then he just keeps getting interrupted 
Oh my gosh, yes. I don't remember which song it was either, but that scene was so funny. And part of that was, like we said, Patel's acting was mm-hmm. just, he was amazing. And he was very funny as a, as a character in this movie, like completely believable and played the scenes that needed to be played for laughs and the ones that needed to be serious. And so when he was the one like in on the joke or like he was the focus of the joke, it really worked for me as well. I think that the main jokes that didn't work for me were unfortunately Ed Sheeran centric. Whenever he tried to make a joke, it just didn't land. And the (laughs) whole trying to change Hey Jude to Hey Dude. Oh, that did not land for me at all. I was just like, this seems... (laughs) really far-fetched and I don't know why this is the thing I can't suspend my disbelief about like knowing the music industry today and knowing that that yep. realistically is something that someone would say like <sighs> uh-huh. <laughs> it was very rough I also feel like I resonated with Jack a lot because his whole thing is feeling like an imposter because he's not the real songwriter of these songs and so like that's a case where his imposter syndrome is warranted but like Oh my gosh, that is something so many people experience so much is just feeling like, oh, I don't deserve this. I don't like I'm not Mm -hmm. good enough. This isn't good. Like that was just really relatable to feel like you're going to be exposed at any moment that you're going to be exposed as as not having as much talent as you thought or as much talent as you wanted. And like it was just I felt a lot of emotional resonance with this movie, I think. Absolutely. It's uh, worth checking out, everyone. Yes, I think it's worth it. It's worth it if you're a Beatles fan. It's worth it if you don't really know anything about the Beatles, which is where I was at. So is there anything else that you want to touch on specifically? I know that we haven't talked much about the relationship between Jack and Ellie, which I like how it started. I like how it ended. I am never there was a f- some stuff in the middle. Yeah, I'm never a fan of the stuff in the middle. I just find that pointless and I don't like when other people have to get tied up into, you know, I feel bad for the third person. That was the worst for me is that like she got involved with Gavin and I knew from the get go that like Gavin's going to get tossed aside. And he was such an endearing character, like of all the supporting characters, I think I liked him the most. Yeah. And so it was very rough to watch the middle stuff, even though I liked the dynamic between Jack and Ellie. Mm -hmm. And I just, yeah, it's an element that wasn't great for me. And I also think that that felt like a subplot to me, like their relationship, even though ultimately that's kind of the thing at the end of the movie, like that's the happy ending is their relationship. For so much of the movie, it felt like a subplot because a lot of the Mm -hmm. plot was Jack and coping with knowing that he's attained fame, but it's not on his own merit and it's not on his own songs. And so like that like internal struggle for him seemed like more of the main plot for a lot of the film and so the the stuff with Ellie although I enjoyed it felt like a separate story at times. It definitely did and I keep going back and forth on just the dynamic if it felt more like her being too much of service to him or her just being a very loyal friend because I can see it. It rode a it, line. Uh, yeah. I agree. I agree. Because we also know, like, we also find out, like, they're not just co- they're not just friends. They're co-workers. And that's, like, a weird thing, too. And just there was a lot going on there. And it was, I don't know. I have to say, like, it was very heartbreaking to me in the scene where she realizes she's in, like, the good chum 
column like literally being friend zoned on a list on his wall basically um versus versus being a romantic interest for him and that was a weird plot for me like not that that doesn't happen to women but in my own experience um largely it's been men in my life being upset about being in the friend zone and like I said you know in my experience it's Mm -hmm. that once that has happened it's very hard to flip that switch the other way and it's often not even something you want to consider once you've like gotten to that point where you're just like this is just a really good friendship you know and so that was like a really hard part to watch I think even though I was rooting for them yeah it's just a little bit complicated it makes it hard to completely root for them but at the same time you do like aspects of their relationship it's not a completely unhealthy dynamic but (laughs) yeah they just have they both have a lot going on and we're focused on Jack and so it's easy to see it as as like her being way too focused on him kind of thing because we're not seeing her life outside Mm -hmm. of his context and so yeah I, I agree that it can feel like she's more in there to be supportive of him and um and I do think that they turn it around but it just takes uncomfortably longer than it should have absolutely is there anything else that you would like to touch on I don't think so I think I think we got it all because I have had a lot of feelings about this movie obviously and uh um, but the, mm-hmm. my takeaway is that like it was really enjoyable and I'll definitely be watching it again. So just let yourself be in the moment when you're watching it if you decide to watch it. I would say the same thing. I had a good time watching it. I would certainly watch it again. And yeah, I feel like it has a lot to offer. Awesome. So with that, have you watched any good movies lately, Audrey? Or TV shows? I have, in fact. We are once again talking during the Christmas season and so I've been watching a lot of Christmas movies. I watched one on Netflix called Klaus. It's an animated Christmas movie. It came out a couple years ago, got nominated for an Oscar. Um, I wasn't really Mm -hmm. sure what to expect but it was amazing. It was very feel-good. It made me cry. (laughs) Um, That will be a measurement scale for me I'm sure forever whether or not a movie made me cry um but it was just it was very fun and and very good and reminded me in some ways of like Tim Burton animation style um just some very fun like character shapes um and quirks and just amazing color work so I highly recommend it and it was just a very like feel-good Christmas movie so yeah that's the big one I've watched lately nice I will have to check that out. That sounds like a good watch to fit in before the holiday season ends. It's a good cozy one. Good. I like cozy. I'm in need of more cozy Christmas movies, so that would be good. Over the weekend, I didn't get to watch as much as I would have liked to, but I did watch a movie that was recommended by another podcast guest, Lydia. She recommended watching Ready or Not. I don't think I've watched that one. What's it about? Okay, so it is, I have very mixed feelings about it, but I'm very excited to eventually talk about them on a podcast for a future episode. But it's this woman who is marrying into a very wealthy family who has earned their wealth through board games. Hmm. 
And not to spoil much, but they uh, have a very wacky ritual that they like to uphold on any time that someone gets married. And uh, let's just say it's technically a horror movie. Oh my. Okay. So yeah, it is surprisingly very well shot for a movie that has a very interesting premise in a not very good script. So there you go. Hmm. I'd say it's worth watching. I think that you would be able to appreciate just the overall aesthetics, if nothing else. Well, I'm going to have to look that up because I had not heard of that one. And I enjoy a good horror movie now and again. So yeah, I'm very good at appreciating the aesthetics of a movie that in general is not a super strong movie. Case in point, Sucker Punch. Nice. I still need to watch that. It's on Netflix now, so... Oh, okay. I'll have to put that on my list. So my husband had never seen it, and I knew he's really into, like, really stylized stuff. And so I had recommended it, and we watched it uh, a couple months ago. So it was good. Good to know. Um, Do you have any social media or projects that you would like to plug, Audrey? I do. So I have two main projects right now. The first is... I write tabletop role-playing games. Right now, the main one is Spaceships and Starworms. So um, you can find us at Starworms on Twitter. That's where we post most of our updates. And then the other one is um, I do a podcast with my friend Kayla, who has never read or watched Lord of the Rings. And I have had a lifelong obsession with the series. So we actually just released the prologue episode today. So there will be a few more episodes out by the time this podcast episode comes out, I'm sure. Um, But we're Mordor underscore she wrote podcast on Twitter and Instagram. So definitely check us out if you like Lord of the Rings or if you also don't know anything about the series, because I have so many useless facts to tell you. I am looking forward to listening to that prologue episode soon. All right. You can find us on Twitter at your FN Filmcast. It does sound like your FN Filmcast. <laughs> and uh, we're um, available through email at your friendly neighborhood. No. Oh my gosh. I keep messing this up. I got the email right once. It is friendly neighborhood filmcast at gmail.com. There. There we go. Enjoy, everyone. got it. (laughs) All right. Until the next movie. See you then.